You are listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org. Open your Bibles with me over to Romans chapter 5 again this morning. Romans chapter 5, we've been talking uh, for a couple of weeks now about this idea of plugging into grace. We're talking about the relationship between grace and faith. And uh, we've there are a couple of, I think this is our third message on this. So uh, if you want to pick up um, the foundation that we've been laying, and we're going to lay more this morning. If you want to get those messages, you can go to our website, rmcmchurch.org. And you can either find podcasts or uh, YouTube videos of the services. So we're going to look one more time. This is our. Uh, this has been our foundation verses, uh, Romans chapter five, and actually I'm looking at verses one and two here. I'm going to read them to you this morning uh, from the New International Version, and it says, "Therefore, since we have been justified through faith." We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. The Amplified there, I believe, read as uh, defining that term glory. It talked about his nature and, and experiencing his power, his glory. Glory really speaks of the essence, the things that make God who he is, the very essence of his, his being, being revealed. So this verse tells us that we stand as Christians. I'm just going to try and do this quickly. We always have to do a little uh, review. I'm just pretty much going to read from my notes here. So I'll tell you some of the things we've already established. But we've been talking about this verse tells us that, that we stand as believers in Christ We stand in this environment of grace. God's grace has been poured out to us. And yet it says that we access grace. We plug in to what grace provides through faith. Okay, and so that that applies to our salvation. How did we get saved? We put faith in Jesus Christ and what he had provided at the cross by grace as a free gift. We plugged into it by faith. And I would say that everything we ever receive from God will come to us by grace. We will never deserve any of it. We will never merit or work for any of it. It will never come as wages. It will always come as a gift. But the one thing we do need to be able to receive that gift is always faith. And we'll be talking about that in in weeks to come. I want to talk a little bit more today about grace and what it is. Because again, I've said this every week, most of us grew up with only a partial definition of grace. We just heard grace is the unmerited favor of God. And that's true, the unmerited favor and blessing of God. It is, that is what it is. It is unmerited, it is unearned, it is, a, it is his favor and his blessing. But that definition makes it sound like grace is only a condition, only sort of a static thing that's there for us. And yet the Bible uses the same word grace to express a flow of divine favor, a flow of of blessing. And we're going to look at a bunch of verses uh, that talk about that. So I'd encourage you to get get out your Bible or something, your your phone, whatever, um, 
Uh, so you can look along with these verses. I do not have all of them on the screen. And let me just go through. Here are some things we've already established in this over the last couple of weeks. Again, all of the promises of God are ours in Christ. They are given by grace, but they must be accessed by faith. We plug in by faith. Grace is a condition of favor and blessing in which we stand, but it is also a conduit through which that favor and blessing brings tangible abundance, tangible blessing. It is, we're, and we're going to see that in the scripture, the way that the word grace is used. There is a flow of divine life in grace. There is a flow. It is, it, is a, it is a flow of God's favor and blessing that comes from his throne and brings things into this earth. And we plug into that by faith. Okay, we'll see that in a number of different ways as we go on. Grace provided a way of salvation for completely undeserving mankind. But that salvation is available to all who believe. So faith plugs in to the provision that's in grace. This makes sense to you. Okay. Um, Grace does not mean that beliefs, attitudes, behaviors don't matter. All right. Grace does not mean, oh, since I have the grace of God, doesn't matter what I do. Doesn't matter if I give my life to sin. Doesn't matter if I follow God closely or not. None of that matters. Well, in one sense, what we do doesn't change God's love for us. God loves everybody the same. All right. But what we do, what we believe, the attitudes we adopt, the things we build in our hearts, those have a huge impact on what we actually experience of what Jesus has provided, all right? Because we, um, so, it, so grace doesn't mean, I don't want to get off too far on that. Grace does not mean that truth doesn't matter, that the word of God doesn't matter, that how we approach God doesn't matter. doesn't mean any of that. It just means it has, uh, that the full favor and blessing of God has been provided. The scripture says that Jesus came full of what? Grace and truth. Grace and truth. Truth. Truth is truth. Okay? You either adhere to truth and adopt truth, and believe truth, and walk in truth. And what is truth? Jesus said, it's what the Father has said. It is the words of the Father, okay? We either, we either connect with truth, or we don't, okay? But Jesus is full of both grace and truth. So there's not a division there. There's not a division, okay, now I have grace. I, don't, I can make up my own truth. Let me put it that way, because that's popular, that's popular thinking in the secular culture, and it has become in the last 15, 20 years more popular thinking in the Christian culture, okay, in order to please people. In order, you know, I was thinking about this this morning during our time of worship. Just felt so strongly about we've got to live to please Him. We're not here to please people. We're not here to be ugly to people either, right? But we are not here to live our lives so that everybody will like what we believe or who we are. We are not here for that. There is only one that we really want to live to please. There is only one that we will stand before on Judgment Day. There is only one. Okay, and I, and again, I don't mean by that we should just not care about people or be ugly toward people or or be judgmental toward people. Any of that. 
but nevertheless, our hard attitude is, yeah, I, I, grace and truth are not fighting each other. Okay, Jesus came full of grace and truth. They actually go together. Sometimes we just have to figure that out. Mercy is God's heart attitude toward the misery produced by sin. Mercy. Okay. Grace is God's provision to deliver from sin. Mercy is what he feels when he sees mankind suffering from sin, but grace is his provision to deliver from sin. Mercy creates a daily opportunity to live in God's best. Grace fills that opportunity with a tangible experience. Grace releases God's best to us. Okay, we talked about that where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. Sin actually evokes grace from God. Our good works don't increase God's grace and our sin doesn't diminish it. Okay, so we don't affect God's hard attitudes with our behaviors, but we do affect our um, experience of what he's provided. All right, we looked and we're not going to go back through it. We talked about the fact we're saved by grace through faith, faith connecting to grace. And from Galatians chapter 3, that we also grow to maturity. In other words, our whole Christian life, we grow to maturity by grace, through faith. What's that about? Well, that's about a lot of times people get the idea that we are born again, that the salvation was given us by grace and we connect by faith. Then we think, okay, now we're on our own to, to live that out. Now we're on our own to try and act like I'm saved, okay? We're not on our own. There is grace to grow. There is grace to overcome. There is grace for every change and transformation that's going to happen in our hearts. There is grace. And in every case, we've got to trust God. We've got to plug in by faith to see that change happen in our heart. If I have an attitude in my heart that is ungodly, it is not right, the Lord begins to reveal it to me. He doesn't reveal that to me as a challenge to me. He doesn't say, oh, okay, this attitude, this thought pattern, this this thing in your, this habit in your life, I don't, I don't like that. Now, you go fix it and see if you can show me you can fix it. That's not what he does. He, he, he brings revelation of those things to our lives so that we can trust him. He's our friend. He's on our side. He has the best for us so that we can say, oh, Lord, I see that. I'm, I'm sorry. I repent of that. I turn away. I don't want to hold that anymore. Help me get free from that. And we start plugging into him, trusting him, trusting the Holy Spirit, trusting that his word is going to transform my heart so that whatever that thing is in my life, not only am I not doing it anymore, but it's not even a desire. It's not even who I am anymore. Okay? So we grow to maturity also uh, by grace and through faith. All right? So let's go on. And let's do some more uh, talk about what this word means. So this word grace comes from the Greek word charis, okay, C-H-A-R-I-S. It describes a flow of divine favor, a flow of divine favor that is a conduit for God's blessing, all right? And God's blessing is the manifestation of his of his nature and his power in our lives. You know, I use that term manifestation all the time because I don't have a better word for it. 
it, it means for something that you couldn't see before to appear in reality. In other words, uh, a manifestation of God's power is when we, we see somebody get healed. We see a miracle. We see a heart changed. We see something happens from what God has provided. It happens in in this life, in this natural world. Okay, that's a manifestation. So the word charis describes a flow of divine favor that's a conduit for God's blessing, the manifestation of his power and promise coming into reality with us. So here's one example of that. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse eight. Many of us we you know we use this many times teaching at the offering, Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse eight. It says, God is able to make all grace abound toward you so that, okay, so here's the result of God making all grace abound to you. This is a passage on money, okay, but God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, so there's a supply for us, you will abound in every good work or you will be able to abound in every good work. So it is a release of grace that brings a supply that releases God's will in our life, which is that we have enough for our our family and our needs and those things. And over and above that, we have enough to give into every good work. That's God's desire. Well, how does that come? It comes by grace. It's a free gift. We can't earn it. The giving that we do, we just did, the giving that we do doesn't earn God's abundance. God's abundance for us is given by grace. We plug into that abundance by trusting his word. That makes sense? But it shows that this word grace, he's making grace abound toward us. And there is a tangible result from that. We, We have... Something comes into our life. Our, our, our employment life gets better. We find great deals on things. Uh, needs are met in many various ways. Sometimes people give into our lives, whatever. We end up. And of course, like Boyd was talking about, you can, if you live in greed, you never have enough. And if you live with a lack mentality, you never think there's enough. You know, I mean, obviously our attitude toward this makes a difference. But nevertheless, it is God's grace that is that flow of what we need. All right, does that make sense to you? Right, let's look at another one. Whether that one made sense to you or not, we're going to go on and look at another one. Romans twelve six. okay? This same term, grace, is used in many ways to talk about spiritual gifts. All right, and we've learned in in other uh, studies that there are, there are a variety of types of spiritual gifts. There are gifts that are uh, we call creational gifts. They're gifts that are deposited in us. They're part of our spiritual DNA. They're part of who we are. They they really. Uh, they really serve to focus us on certain types of ministry or serving of the Lord. They're just something, there's something we're good at. There's something that's really imprinted in us. There are other gifts, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, uh, 
that the that the scripture talks about those flow as God wills they they come through us and and minister to people but they're a flow of God's life and God's power that comes through us there are the offices Paul calls calls his office as an apostle a grace gift so this term gifts is a is a is closely related to this word charis it's just another form of the word charis it's charis in motion it's grace in motion so Romans chapter 12 Verse 6 here says, Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given us, each of us should use them accordingly. Okay, since we have, we, all of us, every one of us, have gifts, and he's going to talk about this creational type gift if you go on in this chapter. But there's this variety of gifting this huge variety of abilities that are that are built in to people those are an aspect of grace we're going to go on and look at some more of this but i think i'll just bring this two things out right now so when we think of any kind of gifting in people okay it's not just a natural ability it's a gifting And many times it looks to us like a natural ability. In fact, a lot of times when you have a certain kind of gift, um, you flow in that so easily that you don't recognize. You don't recognize. And and there's there's a list of seven gifts here. I probably should have gone through them, but that would take all morning. Uh, In Romans chapter 12, there's there's a variety of gifts. There are administrative gifts. There are serving gifts. There are speaking gifts. There are gifts that mercy is one of those gifts. People, some people, we all are beneficiaries of mercy and we all need to flow in mercy, but there are people who that is the primary gifting within them is to be merciful. There are teaching gifts or prophetic gifts or all these different kinds of built-in gifts, which is really what he's talking about in this case. But there's, as we look at all the different kinds of gifts that, the, that come through us, and they are through us, they are for others. Um, they all come by grace, and there's a huge variety. But what gifts are is a conduit for the divine life of God to flow. Whatever gift, and, and many times, like I said, especially with this type of gift, and we've done other studies on them, it's so natural to us. You know, take administration. It's one of those gifts. For some people, organizing and administrating, it's just natural to them. And other people look at it and go, man, I, I don't know how you do that. You know, and, and, but they feel like, well, everybody's like this. You know, serving is one of those gifts. And servers just want to meet people's uh, needs. They just, they, they want to be, I mean, I've known servers that could not pay attention in church if there was a piece of dirt, on, you know, a piece of paper on the floor. They had to clean that up, you know. I mean, it, it's, they, they just, it's, it's, it's like instincts and puppies. Yeah, I know. I wasn't going to look over there. It's, you know, it's just something that's in you. And so many times you don't recognize it. So when somebody comes to you and says, man, I just see this in you, receive that. Yeah. It, you know, and don't get mad at everybody else who doesn't have that same bent, okay? Yeah. 
You know, I mean, that's, you know, that's for all of us. It's like, well, I don't understand why people, well, because that's unique in you and that's why you're here in the body and why we have all these gifts. Anyway, those gifts are a conduit, grace gifts. They're a conduit for the grace of God to flow and for his life. So when we think of any of the gifts, whether it's that type of gift, whether it's, uh, you know, prophecy and healing and miracles and all of the uh, the Corinthians gifts, whether it's the offices, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, how do we tap into that flow of divine life that's coming through a person? We do it by faith. We don't do it because they never make a mistake. We don't do it. We don't look at that person and say, okay, well, if, you, if you're in that office or you have that gift, then then boy, you know, you must be this perfect, holy person. There aren't any of those. We're a bunch of imperfect people. And I'll just be very frank with you, there's a whole lot of people can't deal with that in the church. That the, the church isn't perfect. Well, if the church was, yeah, okay, well, what are you doing? You know, but anyway, that's another subject. But what we do is we choose if there's a gift that's feeding us or an office that's feeding us, whatever, we sense that that divine connection, that flow of God's life through it. We don't just look at that person. We trust God. We plug into God by faith, knowing this is his, this is his process. He came up with this. I often wonder why. Why do you like working with all of us? But anyway, we we connect with him and trust him to pour that through these gifts. And all of a sudden we receive a whole bunch more, whether it's teaching or apostolic or whatever it might be, whether it's mercy, whether it's, and again, I'm not saying focus on that person. That person is, is, you know, uh, they're your source. No, no, no. You're helping that person flow in their gift. When you connect with God and you trust, when people stand up to lead us in worship, I mean, I've been doing this for a long time. I come in to connect with God. And so I know he's going to pour through this draw into worship. There are going to be things that come forth during that time because God wants to meet with us and he chooses to use people. And so I connect with him and put my faith in him to pour through those gifts. And I am going to suck the life of God through those people. That's my attitude when I come into any group, you know, any service, any small group, anything. So, so we plug into gifts by faith. We plug into grace always by faith. All right. Um, so look over with me, if you would, I don't have this for your screen at first Peter chapter four, first Peter chapter four, verses 10 and 11. I'm going to read it to you from the Amplified Bible, but you can write that down. You can look it up later. First Peter four, 10 and 11. This is such a powerful passage right here. It partners with the one we just read there in Romans uh, chapter 12. It says, as each of you, all right, so that again is like an every one of you. This is sort of an individual thing. As each of you has received a gift, and the Amplified says a particular spiritual talent, 
I love this, a gracious divine endowment. Every one of you, somebody's sitting there saying, I don't have any gifts. Yes, you do. You may or may not know what they are yet, but you do. Every one of you has received a gift, a gracious divine endowment. Isn't that cool? And that endowment, that's just amazing, Lord. That endowment isn't for you. It's for the people in your life. It's a gift. You are a gift to people around you in one way or another. It's an endowment, a divine endowment that lives on the inside of you or is released through you as you yield to the Holy Spirit. And it says, as every one of you, each one of you has received this gift, this gracious divine endowment, then it tells us, employ it for one another, which is what Paul was saying too. He said, use it according to faith. Paul did. This verse says to us, employ it, put it to work. Don't just sit on it. Expect you tap in by faith to say, Lord, I see this. It humbles me to even know this is here, but God, use me. Flow through this. You know, flow through this. I give myself to this. Employ it for one another as befits good trustees. All right, stewards. This is how good stewardship works. Okay, God has placed gifts in me. I'm going to steward them. Lord, I'm using them for you. I am giving them to you. I am, I'm going to watch over those gifts. I'm not going to let my heart get hard. I'm not going to let myself fall into bitterness or unforgiveness or disappointment or, or loss or any of the, any offense, any of the things that shuts us, that shut us down from connecting with the Lord. This is something I've been given. This is something I will answer for. I will be a good steward over it. So it says, employ that gift for one another as befits. That means what's, this is the right way to steward things. As befits good trustees of God's many-sided grace. Get this. This is the Amplified. Faithful stewards of the extremely diverse powers and gifts granted to Christians by unmerited favor. Wow. A lot of times when we think of gifts, we only think of uh, the gifts over in, in uh, Corinthians. You know, we think, we think of, um, <laughs> right now my mind will automatically go blank. And, no, but, but we think of, you know, the, the spoken gifts. We think of prophecy. We think of word of knowledge. We think of word of wisdom. We think of gifts of healings. We think of faith, you know, that type of a gift of faith. The working of miracles, discerning of spirits. We think of those types of gifts, and those are types of gifts. They flow a little differently. The scripture says those flow as the Lord wills. They are, they are more spontaneous. We just open ourselves to them. And at times the Holy Spirit moves through us in one of those gifts. But we, we don't always think about as we give our hearts to the Lord, he will bring these various kinds of gifts through us. So this scripture goes on. It says, whoever speaks. How many of you in here speak? Not talking about getting up here and speaking, just talking about speaking. Do you use words? Do you use language? Okay. Whoever speaks, let him do it as one who utters the oracles of God. There's a lot of stuff comes out my mouth that is not the oracles of God. 
But this is the attitude, this is the attitude that opens us up to being good stewards of whatever grace God has put on the inside of us. And that's, I mean, I love that he goes to something simple that we all do. Whoever speaks, uh uh-oh, let him do it as one who utters the oracles of God. That means, okay, my words mean something. We just spent time talking about our words, right? We just spent time studying that. Whoever renders service, okay? Boy, that's a broad term. Whoever renders service, let him do it as with the strength which God furnishes abundantly. So in that, it's like, okay, I'm going to help my neighbor. I'm going to render service. I'm going to I'm going to help at the children's deal this Saturday. I'm going to help where whatever I'm going to do. I'm tired. I had a hard week. Uh I don't feel like getting out of bed, you know, whatever it might be. But I'm going to put faith toward God that he will work through me. I'll do it as with the strength which God furnishes abundantly. I do not have to do this all in my own strength. Okay, does that make sense to you? So that in all things, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, the Messiah, to him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever through endless ages. Amen. All right. On this speaking thing, I'll just throw out one more. Uh, Ephesians 4.29, I believe we looked at that a few weeks ago. It says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but only what is good for edification that it may impart grace, blessing, favor, and divine ability to the hearers. I'll say that again. Let no corrupt, let. That means I'm, I've got the valve, okay? Let. That puts the responsibility on me. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that means building people up, that it, my words, may impart grace may impart that divine flow, may impart blessing and favor. And we've, we've been studying the fact that grace is that flow of divine ability. Grace is that, so my words can actually enable someone to connect with God, enable someone to come out of discouragement, enable someone if they're God's words, they're not corrupt words. So these are attitudes we need to hold in our hearts. I'm not, you know, I'm not beating on anybody about our words. We all are probably need some work in this area, okay? And these days, you can hide in your basement and those words come out your fingers instead of your mouth and nobody's going to hit you in the mouth for saying them. We've been laughing. <laughs> you may not think this is funny at all. Uh, we've been laughing about one of the, we've been reading Proverbs a lot and there's one of them in there and I don't even remember the whole verse, but it, but it talks about this person whose mouth invites a beating. Okay. We, I love that terminology. It's so real. I love it. It's real life. 18.6. Go ahead and read it loud. I love the word. It hits us right where we live. So anyway, we've probably all been that person. We've all known that person. But that's, you know, this is saying you can impart grace with your words to people. That's, that's good stuff. All right, just a couple minutes left here. Um, 
So 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10. Again, this is from the Amplified Bible. This is Paul talking about his ministry. According to the remarkable grace of God, which was given to me. So he's saying, you know, and you know, Paul, he had all this education. He was up, had this place. He talks about it, you know, that I had this position in Judaism. I was headed for the top. And, and yet, when Jesus found me, none of that mattered anymore. Okay, none of that was the point. He says, according to the remarkable grace of God, which was given to me to prepare me for my task, like a skillful master builder, I've laid a foundation and now another is building on it, but each one must be careful how he builds on it. Anyway, he's talking about that that office of apostle, the authority that came with it, the, the calling that came with all of that. He says, that was a remarkable grace that was given to me. That's how he looks at it. It wasn't because I was special. It wasn't because I knew everything. It wasn't any of that. It was a remarkable gift of grace to set me in that place. And so now I'm employing it. I'm doing the work. I'm building a foundation in people. All right, another one, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 7. Ephesians 3, 7. Again, this is Paul. He says, Of this gospel I was made a minister by the gift of grace given me through the working of his power. I was made a minister of the gospel through the gift of God's grace given to me through the working of his power. So the enabling for what he did, the wisdom that came through him, the writing of two-thirds of the New Testament, the churches he started, all that he did, he viewed that as that was an act of grace on God's part. Wasn't because I deserved it. Wasn't because I earned it. Wasn't any of that. It was God's grace. Let me read you one more verse and we'll quit for today. I love these verses. It's actually a couple of verses here in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, beginning in verse 11. Now, this is from the New Living Translation, so it reads uh, kind of like our English. All right, so it says, So we keep on, Paul's talking about his team praying for these other folks. So we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. I love that. We pray this for you, that God would enable you to live a life worthy of his call. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. That's, you know, our faith. Faith. You read through Hebrews 11. Faith is a motivator. Faith sets a direction. Faith reaches out. Faith moves people to step out, all right? So our faith prompts us to do things, and Paul prays that God would give us the power to accomplish. That comes through grace. All the good things your faith prompts you to do. Then the name of our Lord Jesus will be honored because of the way you live, and you will be honored along with him. This is all made possible because of the grace of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. This is all made possible. So whatever God has called you to do or you to be, remember we said this, that part of that definition, grace is unmerited favor. It's also the divine flow of God's power that enables us to be and to do what we could never be or do on our own. Okay, so whatever you're called to do, wherever your sphere of influence is, whoever God has surrounded you with, whatever challenges you're meeting, there's provision through grace for all of those things. There's provision. 
And the way we connect with that flow of grace is trusting God. It is faith. And so from here, I think, of course, this could change as I study during the week, but from here, I want to start talking, looking at some examples in the scripture of people who connected to grace by faith and how they drew upon God's grace and drew what he had promised into their lives. Okay, let's stand up and pray this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. God, we love your word so much. Your word is so rich. It is so full of life. And Father, my prayer this morning for all of us, Lord, is this prayer out of Thessalonians, Lord, that we be enabled to do all the things that our faith prompts us to do. For anyone who's struggling this morning with their trust for you, Lord, we know it comes from here in your word, comes from here and you speak to us. It's where faith comes from. And so, Lord, we give ourselves to that. Father, we give ourselves to a building of faith on the inside. We give ourselves to the things that you prompt us to do, the places, the words you give us to speak, Lord, the the vision you give us for life and and for impacting our world around us with your love and your life, Lord. We, We give ourselves to that. And we do all of this in really simple childlike trust, Lord, knowing that, Father, you have already released your grace toward us that will empower us to do things we could never do and to be things we could never be. And all the glory from that goes to you because we don't deserve any of it. So, Father, we choose. We'll live right in that environment because that's the way you've set it up. Father, we thank you for it, Lord, as this church goes out this week. They go out into the, into the world, into this community and other communities and other places I thank you, Father, for your anointing on every one of them. I thank you for your grace flowing through every one of them. I thank you for the opportunities that you open before us to bring your life and your love to people. Lord, we thank you for that this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, now we're going to close. And I think, are you going to stay up and, and be ready to pray? Okay. Bonnie will be up here. If you need prayer this morning, if you need prayer for healing, if you need prayer, just you need wisdom. You need to be born again. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need a miracle, whatever it is. Uh, We'll be up here to pray for you. So please come up and and get prayer. And then, especially for you guys, well, it's for everybody. But anyway, use guys that are visiting with us. There's some good snacks out here. Please hang around and and, uh, get to know some people, build some some fellowship this morning. So we always close with this. We're going to say on the count of three that Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world and will be dismissed. One, two, three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. Amen. Go out there and be the church. Thank you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube.